All right, guys, welcome back to another Michigan edition of Real Talk. Jeff here. Dan, how are you, sir? Good, man. I see you again. Yeah, you as well. Um, you know, we, we've come full circle. You know, just a couple short weeks back, we uh, we did a podcast about how we didn't think we'd have a season. And, you know, then all of a sudden the Big Ten changes their ways and we're excited. We're pumped. And, and Michigan <laughs> takes week one and, and we're at, you know, we're up here. At least I am. I know you're you're more of a realist, but I'm up here. You know, cloud okay. nine. Yep. I I quickly get brought down to <laughs> earth. Michigan doesn't uh, doesn't finish the season how we wanted, but we have this one game, and it's uh, it's the game. It's Michigan. It's Ohio State. It's the big one, and it, it's the biggest rivalry in college football. And though it hasn't seemed like it on the field, uh, it still is huge, especially in our area that that we're from and. News today around three o'clock that this game is canceled. Ohio State Michigan is, is no longer going to be played, and Ohio State uh, they got a lot of stuff going on as far as uh, criteria in order to co- uh, qualify for the Big Ten championship, as far as uh, potentially what their resume looks like versus other people for the college football playoffs, and we'll we'll all get to that. But let's 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 stick to strictly the facts here. And uh, Michigan cancels the game. AD cancels the game, and rumor has it the facts are that they. The tests were elevating. They were getting more and more positive tests, and that's the reason they canceled. But the, the rumor is that there was 45 players. Mm-hmm. So the facts are there was more and more tests than they were having. Uh, who knows how many actual players it is? It doesn't really matter. What are your What are your initial reactions? Well, it's uh, I mean it's a bummer, and I know it was looking pretty bleak as a U of M fan because uh, you know watching the game, we're most likely going to be disappointed in, in the uh, in the outcome. But again, it's 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 disappointing just because it's not happening, and the season is already weird. And it, I mean, college football to me, like it hasn't hit me. I get I don't know why it just hasn't really hit me in in the reality because of the way the season has been shortened and how far we are into December right now, and we haven't even had the game played. Uh, so, with forty five players being on this list, you know, it is a mix and match between the contact tracing and people that are injured. So um, who knows what the true number is for the people that are tested positive. Uh, You know, knowing Michigan, they're going to keep it under wraps, specifically who it was. I mean, probably majority of the programs will. Uh, You know, it came to mind uh, earlier this afternoon when when the news broke. You know, Jim Harbaugh, when he first, I don't know if he still does it, uh, but I know for a while there, traveling on the road or at home, he would never announce his starting lineup at the stadium or on, and it wasn't until t- uh, the TV broadcast, you'd see it. You very keeping, you know, keep the chips close to his chest on the starting lineup. I felt like that's what's going to be like now. No one's going to know too many details for probably forever. Uh, well, so, truly, let me, let me stop you there real quick. We're not talking about NFL paid players. These are kids. Right, right. These are college kids. So, I mean, no offense to us, but we don't deserve to know. It's not right. our business. That's somebody's medical. I mean, these aren't paid players. They're getting an education, right. but we are not entitled to mm-hmm. know who tests positive or who came into, you know, just like your work. If you go into work right now and one of your employees that you work with tests yeah. positive and they tell their boss, hey, you know, I'm not going to be coming in today. It is not your, you're not entitled to find out who that is. Right, right. It's, it's, it's private. I mean, so we're not going to find out how, how many people probably, maybe we know a number, but we we're never going to know what players, right. you know, the, the rumor has it is we were going to be without both Joe Milton and Cade McNamara. Yeah. And, and Dan Valeri or Valeri or however, 
I mean, he was the room. I had never heard of him. I didn't know who. I had to look it up. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, that, was, that was definitely a big question mark already was the quarterback position. And uh, so, again, the, the interwebs have been uh, breaking the Internet. Um, and so we'll get in. We'll definitely get into the, that talk in a minute. But, you know, the my initial reaction, again, was – was I mean I thought they were going to play last week's episode we did I thought they were going to play um, again because you know it took twenty something for uh, Wisconsin to cancel their second week uh, so when I heard forty five I was kind of like whoa geez forty five but again it's a mixture of a little bit of everything uh, but hopefully every everyone's okay I think I did read briefly before we just started this on the TV ticker that one college player has that. I can't pronounce it. It was that marotitis, that uh, that condition that comes with COVID to some players. I thought I read something about that. It could be wrong. Um, so hopefully all those players on the U of M roster are going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll speak briefly to, to what my reaction was. First off, um, it's embarrassing for me as a Michigan fan because uh, I think initially what comes with that is – we're scared. We're scared to play, which I believe is false, hundred percent false. I think that's it's an asinine take. I think that's an ignorant take to think that Michigan is scared to step foot on the football field for somebody. Um, I don't think that our AD or Jim Harbaugh or any of the coaching staff or any of the players would have that feeling as a competitor, as a as a university that. We are uh, too scared to play anybody. I just don't think that's the case. Also, you know, it hurts. It hurts for the seniors. You know, for the for the guys that uh, you know treat every game as an opportunity to either better themselves in life or on the football field. You know, so I mean, a guy like Quiddy Pay, he returned for his senior year. Who knows? what his draft stock is. I, I don't know at this point in time what his draft stock is, and I can't imagine it's better. Right. You know? Um. But for me personally, if you're if you're looking at this team and you're looking at this situation, Michigan was thirty point dogs. Yeah. So never in this this program's history has the spread been thirty points or more, and never in Michigan's history have they ever been a thirty point dog to anyone. So. With that being said, I I can't uh, I can't fathom a situation where those players wouldn't take that as a uh, a motivator to to go out there and play a hell of a game because you have nothing to lose, truly nothing to lose. I mean, you've won two games on the year, none of which are at home. It's been a terrible year, and uh, you're a thirty point dog to the to your rival in the biggest college football rivalry and questionably the biggest rivalry in all of sports. And I can't. I can't think that that would be a, a bad opportunity to have. So I would rather have that and right. lose than a canceled game. I guess right. is my, the, my long-term statement there. But uh, with that being said, let's let's take a quick look back at the season before we move on. And uh, because this wasn't a very memorable season, unfortunately, we're we're going to remember this, but not for a good not for a right. good reason. Um, before we get into the good and the bad. Who do you think you just need to see, see? Who do you think you should have seen more from, or need to see more from moving forward for this team? There's one player for me up six out. If you want me to go first, yeah, go ahead. Eric All. Yeah. And, and I think the only reason that that's the case is because he was anointed 
on a yeah. primetime college football game by Kirk Herbstreit, whether he tried, whether he, that was his intentions or not, he yeah. gave a, a, a conversation between him and Harbaugh mm-hmm. that Eric all was the, the best tight end that Harbaugh has ever seen, or he could be, or, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, Holy hell, we haven't seen that yet. I mean, that's high mm-hmm. praise and we're, right, we're right. not seeing that. So as of right now, I'm not going to give him a bad rating, especially for a true freshman. Uh, but we need to see more, especially if you're as good as, as, what we say is, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. uh, who's your C more from? Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many people to go through. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Let me get the you're, little back. Yeah, you good? Okay. Yeah, we're good. Uh, well, I mean, I, I can't pick the D I've been harping on the defensive line all season. I can't yeah. really pick anyone there because they're graduating uh, are going to be graduating. Yeah. Uh, I really want to see more of of Christopher Hinton. Uh, dude had a lot of promise in the offseason. Uh, he's yeah. only a sophomore, and uh, so he'll be back most likely next year. It sounds like Harbaugh is going to at least get one more season. I mean, it's it's going to it remains to be seen what happens in the next you know, few weeks um, because I mean, I, I mean I'm not even sure what the NCAA is going to be doing about bowl games. Uh, what makes you even uh, eligible to be in a bowl game? Uh, I would assume that Michigan is probably not going to be in, in the in the in the talks. I mean, they. I mean, if you would say a four game prerequisite or requirement, rather, like I don't know. You know, sometimes Michigan kind of gets the the love just because of the fan travel. But yeah, uh, but yeah, Christopher Hinton is going to be my 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 pick. Okay, yeah. What about uh, bad? I can go first, or you can go first. Doesn't matter. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, for me, bad. It's it's Vincent Gray, and uh, you know he's a junior. Rock Trust Hills, Michigan. He's a local kid. He probably always wanted to go to Michigan his whole life. So I feel bad beating up on him, but pretty rough seat, pretty rough season from him. Um, just you know, he, he's played in twenty one games. I mean, it, it's really a pretty short career as far as uh, junior would go. Some juniors have m- much more games under their belt. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we just didn't see a whole lot from him. You know, right. I think uh, I think we're going to look back and, and look at this season as, as a really rough secondary year. And, and Vincent Gray was unfortunately um, one of the main one of the main contributors to that. So uh, if he is continuing to be on this roster next year, which I would assume he would be. Regardless of who the coaching staff is or the defensive coordinator, I, I'd. Um, I can't imagine he gets much worse. He needs to get coached up and hopefully have a good senior year because what we've seen this year was, unfortunately, it was bad. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you? Who's your Who's your bad? Uh, my bad is going to have to be um, – I'm going to have to go to secondary as well. I, I could probably go between Jermaine Green and or Brad Hawkins. Uh, Brad Hawkins is a senior, and he did not have a, a very good season either. I mean, this whole entire secondary was was a, just a liability in every single game. Uh, yeah. So uh, it it's between it's between those two guys. I'd hate to not pick one, but uh, I I, I got to lean more towards Brad Hawkins just because of his uh, of his veteran status. Yeah, I think that's unfortunately that's yeah it, it's fair. <laughs> I mean that's. Um, what about good? Do you have somebody that sticks out as uh, as good? 
Well, I I feel like the good is going to be Hassan Haskins again. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. You and I have been riding his coattails all season. Uh, uh, pretty much the one bright spot, and uh, we've talked about uh, the odd running back rotation through the whole year, uh, and they just did not use him uh, as much as they should have. Uh, I'm I'm assuming uh, he'll be back next season, and him and Charbonnet, um, you know, again. I mean, a few weeks from now, we'll see what happens if there's any attrition over the next month or two even. Um, but between him and Charbonnet, we'll probably be duking it out for at least, if you want to call it a bell cow status. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I'm going to go Hassan. Yeah, I mean, he he was the leading rusher on the team this year. 61 carries for 375 and six touchdowns. Um, he averaged 62 yards a game. But... Uh, you know, over six games, he had he averaged 10 carries a game, which is unfortunately not what we needed to see. We needed to see much more of that. Just never did. Uh, if you stack up the touches for everybody, I mean, he led the team in touches that wasn't a quarterback. So <clears throat> disappointing. Obviously a shortened year, so that a little bit of that goes into that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I think I think I'm right there with you. Obviously, with a close second. Maybe Giles Jackson. Yeah. Um, had a solid year. Obviously, the big kickoff return and uh, just sparked the comeback against Rutgers. But overall, rough year. Not too much to really go on. But agree, Hassan Haskins. Moving on. Um, you know, this game's not going to be played, and that that is what it is. But uh, what about some memories? What uh, is there a game that sticks out for you? I think we. I know we we touched on a few. In the uh, the preview episode when college football was potentially not going to happen, um, is there a game that sticks out to you that uh, you wouldn't mind talking about? Uh, well, 2011, and it's that seems light years ago because I was guess what the last time you um, beat Ohio yeah. State. Uh, yeah. It was that that 2011 season was a year of a lot of hope because um, Brady Hoke. First year wasn't a home run hire by any stretch of the imagination, but he uh, reinvigorated the uh, maybe the rivalry. You could say that for at least the first two year or first few years. Um, you know they, they they didn't really change up a whole lot uh, scheme wise. They they retained Denard Robinson, and Denard Robinson arguably had his best season in 2011. And uh, you know despite Ohio State having some struggles that year. Uh, it was still an emotional win. And, you know, I'm a type of fan that, you know, I really, I mean, I, I troll and I do my, my, you know, you suck on Twitter, but I never tweet at a player, of course. But, you know, of course, I, you know, I'm a fan. So there's times where, you know, I get emotional myself. But, you know, I really appreciated all those seniors that were on that team, you know, and uh, for them to win out that super, that Sugar Bowl after the game or after the Hustad game. It was mm-hmm. really cool. It was really cool. There's a lot of great kids on that team, and they went through hell and back. Uh, you know, Junior Hemingway, who uh, comes in, uh, you know, with Lloyd Carr, sticks it out with Rich Rodriguez, sticks it out with your Brady Hoke, and they get the W against Ohio State, uh, and they get the W in, in a BCS game. So I thought that senior class was just hands down just a solid core of guys that, I mean, 
I don't think you'll ever find, I mean, maybe you will, because, I mean, who knows what happens again in the future, but uh, for a while, I don't think you'll find a tight, more tight-knit group uh, than the 2011 uh, senior class. Yeah, we actually met shortly after that Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Um, so since I've known you, this is really, this really sucks. Michigan has never beat Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, that, that game that you're referencing right there, that, that 2011 game, super memorable for me. I'm not sure if I told you this or not, but um, right before kickoff, my wife told me that she was pregnant. Uh, it's pretty cool. And then obviously Michigan delivers a, a massive W for the first time since 2003. But uh, I guess I'll touch on another game that kind of sticks really close to me and it, it meant a lot. And, um, you know, every year since then, I, I kind of assume that we're going to play the same type of game and we haven't, but it's that 2013 game in Ann Arbor. Yep. Um, I believe the spread, I mean, don't quote me cause I don't have it in front of me and I haven't looked it up, but I, it was, it was close to 21 points, uh, maybe a point up or uh, up or down either way, but, uh, it was almost three touchdowns. It was at least three scores that we were predicted to lose. And uh, Michigan comes out firing on all cylinders and, and plays a hell of a game. Unfortunately, the Buckeyes, and again, I don't have the stats in front of me, but uh, Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde rushed for 300-plus on the day combined. And uh, Michigan goes and scores. And uh, they have the chance to tie or go for two. And uh, I don't know if you remember this. We were in your living room. Yeah. Old apart- well, over your old apartment, you had a couple of Michigan friends over, and you know we we literally hugged arms and we watched on that final play, and we just hung our heads. And it is what it is. I mean, um, you know, the reason this game sucks is because you know opportunities like that where you're not predicted to win, and you give them the fight of your life, and it's games like that that make this a rivalry. Unfortunately, since then we really haven't been close outside of the 2016 two overtime JT was short. Um. Yeah, I mean, haven't had a lot of bright spots. Obviously, 20, 2011, for sure, was the win, and uh, 2013 and, and 2016 would be the other two, but outside of that. Right, and, you know, the, the 2013 game, man, like, again, you know, Brady Hoke we got, ran out of town. He had a really porous final year. But the 2013 game, like, those first three years of, of his tenure, I mean, he always got them to play uh, Ohio State tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, 2012. Michigan, I mean, there's been there's been a, a, just a, a numerous amount of games where Michigan, uh, whether you call them more talented or not, were in position in the driver's seat to win games against Ohio yes. State and haven't. Absolutely, absolutely. 2018 and 2012 were both years. Uh, 2012, they're up at halftime. Denard Robinson breaks a long one before they go into the tunnel. And second half, they come out flat. Brady Hoke just lost his lost the whole team there i don't know what happened but uh the 2013 game when the one you're talking about um ohio state is ranked three uh at that time and brass miller didn't have a great day uh 133 yards two touchdowns but he didn't really have to do much because carlos hyde was literally getting like eight yards a carry he ran for yeah 200 230 yards on 27 carries yeah and as much as i criticize devin gardner and even though i'm blocked by him on twitter uh, he had arguably his best game of his Michigan career for like 450 yards and four touchdowns. I think the other time, the only other time he's come that close is when that same the season, Indiana game, the Indiana game and him and Jeremy Gallon went off. So, yeah. uh, again, this was again, this game was a heartbreaker. 
uh, only because, well, we went in knowing that or felt like, well, we're 30 point dogs. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean it's not going to, it's not probably not going to happen. But then we're literally in the driver's seat till the very end. And, you know, Denar, or excuse me, Devin Garner uh, rumored, I think he had a broken foot or dislocated ankle or something. And the reason why they went for two was because of that or was part of the reason they wanted to end the game. He couldn't last much longer. Uh, and, you know, it was for Drew Delio's arms, but, uh, yeah. And then the 2016 game, of course, that's a heartbreaker for Michigan fans, regardless of whether you think or thought JT was short, you know, Michigan, uh, you know, we had Will Spate and Will Spate, you know, took three steps forward and four steps back and we kept Ohio state on their side of the 40, the whole game. And I mean, that was ours to win. And I remember where I was at watching that and, the 2016 season is monumental in Michigan history because if they win that game, you know they go to the college football playoff. Whether they win or lose, uh, you don't know what happens with recruiting. You don't know what happens with the rankings. Uh, a lot, I mean, who knows where we're at right now talking about Jim Harbaugh if if 2016 is a W. Uh, <laughs> but it is, it's like if you ever watched the movie Fever Pitch, and it's got Jimmy Fallon in it, and you know yeah. he's a diehard Red Sox fan, and he's breaking up with it. He's breaking up. With, I forget if he was breaking up with Drew Barrymore or if he was just going through a, a rut. I think the Red Sox in that part of the movie were just going through a losing streak, and he's sitting in his apartment. There's pizza boxes everywhere. There's empty beer bottles, and he's sitting there in front of the TV, and he keeps rewinding the Bill Buckner play where the ball goes through his legs and the Yankees beat him or something like that, and. Uh, his friends walk in, they're like, Where'd, I thought you hid this tape. I thought you threw this tape away. <laughs> and then that's like almost how it is when I think Jalen Samuels or whatever it is runs it in in overtime to beat U of M. That's almost equivalent to what we go through. Of course, I've never sat there on YouTube and replayed it a thousand times. Yeah. But that's what it's like. And <clears throat> again, with when we talk about the rivalry as a whole, in our area, Southeast Michigan, Northwest Ohio, or just in Ohio and Michigan in general, uh, this rivalry is everything, whether – Michigan is in the gutter or they're not. Uh, nationally, there's a different perspective because when they see it on TV, they just see Michigan get pummeled all the time. Yeah. Uh, so the the opinions are different. But here, it's always going to be a rivalry. Uh, and just to some degrees, of course. But, uh, I mean, just like when we had Indiana beat U of M this year, it, something it's going to happen sooner or later. I mean, yeah. Illinois beat Ohio State in 2007 with Juice Williams. It's going to happen sooner or later. But right now, the door is getting shut on them. And uh, so hopefully. I mean, I'd argue. I mean, this kind of ties into a point I'll have later. But I'd argue this is the best Ohio State team year in and year out that they've ever had. Like in the it's, point in their program? is. Their program is at an all-time high. Is what? I, yes, thank you. Yeah. Correct. That's really what I'm getting at. Because yep. if you look back, if you want to just filter in and you look from '85, okay, until 2000, Michigan wins all but four, three matchups. All but three matchups. I mean, they they were dominating. So yep. in that in that 15-year stretch, they tied once and lost three. I mean, out. I mean, they were they were dominating, and it's like. Yep. That's not what's happening now. Since 2004, we've won one time. They've won all the rest. And there's one time where they beat us, but now that, that win's vacated. I mean, 
it is what it is. They still won. Yeah. Um, and, and now we've run into a point where now we're not just losing the game. We're getting decimated. Yeah. Like, you know, Saturday we were supposed to be 30-point dogs. Last year we lost by 29. The year before that, 22, 23-ish, 11, 3, 30, two scores. These games haven't been competitive outside of 16 in the last couple of years. So it's hard. It's really hard. And Michigan has been at the 58 win mark since 2011. And Ohio State's just adding a new one every year. A new win, new win, new win. So, yeah, it's, it's getting tough. The window is definitely closing. They're definitely closing. And I, I would like to point out, too, another one of the games that, um, that I was never – I wasn't born yet. Um, but, uh, you know, it was the 1973 game where they tied. Yeah. Uh, and they took uh, – the Big Ten athletic directors took uh, – or voted Ohio State to go to the Rose Bowl. And they ended, up, they ended up decimating the USC Trojans and O.J. Simpson that year. So on paper, in the end, the grand scheme of things, Ohio State performed well. Um, you know, if anyone, uh, Michigan Ohio State fans are listening or watching to this, uh, if you have never seen um, the documentary Tiebreaker, I think it's arguably the rivalry's best uh, documentary of just covering. I mean, it doesn't really cover the whole rivalry; just covers you know the 1973 game, and I think, in my opinion, it's the best one. I know they have the HBO one, and now it's really outdated because it's been out for since 20 or 2007 but you watch tiebreaker it's so it's so uh it's got a lot of conspiracies behind it it's so interesting because when you watch it you got the the old guard the michigan players that played in the game the hase players that played in the game there's such mutual respect to each other and i think that's what's kind of missing these days a lot of that has to do with social media but like dennis franklin was the first african-american quarterback uh, in Ann Arbor. And he was, I think, uh, one year, uh, into his career there before Cornelius green, Ohio state's quarterback, who's also African-American comes in there and Cornelius green, you know, not like on record looked up to Dennis Franklin because they're both minorities. They're coming up through the civil rights era. And if you watch that documentary, you know, Cornelius green, they're all sitting at dinner, at a table together and then they they go back from that conversation they're having to talking about the 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 story and when they um when Cornelius Green you know uh at the table says you know Dennis I looked up to you you know I thought that was a really cool moment because today I mean we're so nasty with each other with the trolling and everything like that so if anyone has a, a chance to watch tiebreaker it's only about an hour long but uh the cool thing is about with all conspiracies is when you have all these athletic directors so many people have different stories and theories, and it's so cool to listen to. You know, Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, they used to call it, you know, the you know the the big two or the little eight and the big two or the big two and the little eight. And the coaching trees from Michigan, Ohio State would branch off to the other smaller schools, and they'd be also become athletic directors. Uh, and when you watch it, one of the former Letterman hockey players at U of M, Burt Smith, becomes an athletic director for Michigan State, and you're left wondering, did his vote for Ohio State become the ultimate uh, factor for why U of M didn't get voted in? Because, again, they finished a 10-10 tie. Dennis Franklin, who I just mentioned, gets knocked out of the game because of his shoulder. He ended up having a really bad injury. He couldn't throw in his, in, his, uh, in his throwing shoulder. So 
obviously you're led to believe that they all voted for Ohio State because their team was healthy and Michigan uh, never really performed uh, well in the, the recent Rose Bowl games at that time. I think the year in 1972, um, or 1971, I think they got dismantled by UCLA or somebody like that. But, uh, uh, but anyways, yeah, definitely check it out. And it, again, it's 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 really cool to see the those old guys. And you know, you you hate on me for getting that picture and autograph with Archie Griffin, but uh, but man, I can't I can't hate on that guy. Every time I watch that guy on on TV, man, he's just he's just a class act. Yeah, no, I get it, I get it. You know me. I hate all Buckeyes. <laughs> it's nothing personal. <laughs> nothing personal. Um, yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen that. I do remember some of the things that you shared, and that's obviously a classic game. And there's been lots of them, and I, I hope that someday there'll be more. You know? Yeah. Um, let's shift to this. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the rumor mill. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh is uh, still, as of today, December 8th of 2020, he's still the head football coach. And uh, rumor has it that they're working out some sort of extension. I've heard anywhere between two-year, three-year, and five-year. Heavy incentive-based contract where, you know, it involves beating rivals and such of that, such nature. And uh, what are your initial opinions on a return of Jim Harbaugh? I'm half and half. Again, I've been on record saying that I think – I think it's and and uh, I think it's time for a new for a new regime, but at the same time, I respect the decision because uh, with the pandemic going on and with me learning or us learning last week of the ten million dollar buyout in this contract currently uh, and how the the athletic department's a hundred million in the hole that financially it's not feasible to probably get rid of him, you know. Um, so if he comes on and he has incentives, I mean, I, who says he doesn't have incentives now? Uh, if you, if they retain Jim Harbaugh, I'll be a little, I'll be a little grumpy, but uh, I'll also respect it. Um, it's also probably to hold on to every bit of recruit they can. Um, but I think that the this coaching staff. The assistants need to get retooled. Um, I think they need to get rid of Jay Harbaugh, his son, as a running back head coach. You know, again, I mentioned it. Uh, we talked about it before with uh, Tyrone Wheatley and him having a tiff. Uh, him and Jim Harbaugh having a tiff. That's why he left town. Um, I've also heard rumors that Jed Fish is, is supposed to come back, and that was their first year coordinator, and he went to UCLA. I'm not sure why he even left. Jed uh, Fish? Yeah. He's with New England. Well, he went to UCLA after in 2016, I believe, yeah. and then yeah. he and then, so he's kind of a bit of a leapfrog. Maybe I'm a yeah. type of guy who likes. I'm a fan who likes continuity. I want to yeah, see, absolutely. I, I want to see guys keep getting retained, and it's and it's hard to do that because when you start to perform really well, the the money backs come a knocking, um, and everybody's trying to find the next Sean McVay. Or, you know, the next Lincoln Riley, the next Dabo Sweeney. Everybody wants that next guy, and they want to find him. And uh, they they typically look at places that have success. What yeah. are they doing? What have you been taught? You know? And I think at the end of the day, um, I'm with you, but I differ a little bit. Uh, I want continuity as well. And 
I want the best guy for the job, but I also want somebody that's um, that's in it for the long haul and isn't mm-hmm. looking at us as a as a stepping stone job. You know, Bill O'Brien did a hell of a job at Penn State. You know, after all their allegations came out and having to replace a legend, uh, I don't think he gets talked about enough of how good of a job he did. And and, and with the oh, limited he did. amount of he Absolutely. did a fantastic job with the limited amount of uh, uh, scholarships he was allowed to have and stuff. And he goes to the NFL and takes a, a big boy job, you know. But um, I don't want that. I don't want a two year coach. I don't. No, I don't. Want, it, I don't want. I don't want no. somebody that's going to come in. And you know, as much as I've spoke about Joe Brady, is like. I don't know that Joe Brady wants to be the head football coach at Michigan. I think he wants to be an NFL head coach, you know? Yeah. And that's why I, I, I want Jim Harbaugh to stay, and I just want him to, to revamp, you know? And because, you know, everybody talks about these in, incentive-based contracts. Like, don't tell me. Don't sit here and preach to me that a, a $2 million incentive to beat Ohio State means more to him than beating Ohio State. Right. It's just not – it's stupid. It's asinine. It's asinine. Jim Harbaugh is a competitor. Right. I think we, I think we both agree that, and we've said this on the pod before. I know we have, and we've talked about off air. But uh, Jim Harbaugh died in 2016 in Columbus. Yep. You know, on the sideline, and uh, we haven't seen the same guy. And I think you've said this before. It, they're cringe. But where the hell are those who want who has it better than us music videos, and signing of the stars? You know. Yep. And freaking um, screaming at people and, and, and tweeting at Nick Saban and tweeting at the University of Tennessee and which, calling their which, programs when, dirty. When he tweeted at Nick Saban, it was savage as hell. It was. <laughs> and that was the Jim Harbaugh that not only were we behind, but he was like like the leader. You know what I mean? And we got behind that. And um, now we say, oh, there's Jim Harbaugh on a Downey commercial talking about his khakis. <laughs> and we're losing by 30, you know, and it, yeah. uh, it sucks. Well, but it's good. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, if, 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 like I said, okay, if we're, if we can be, if we can grow with him being retained again, I feel like Jay Harbaugh has, cannot be coaching the running backs anymore. And you have to sit back and look, I'm like, do you, is, is there signs of life? for Josh Gaddis to come back? And is there signs of life for Don Brown to come back? Don Brown has been an excellent defensive coordinator in years prior. However, until it comes to Ohio State, uh, it's obviously been a no-show. So you got to ask yourself, does Don Brown give you confidence that he should come back? Is he going to improve this defense? The same thing with Josh Gaddis. I wanted to give him, you know, two years. Again, we're only getting a sample size of Josh Gaddis this season. He's only hit, he had one year in Shea Patterson. Uh, you know, say what you will about him. I think it was uh, respectful, and I thought it was deserving to give uh, Gaddis that second year. But again, we're having a sample size. So, do I want Gaddis gone? Maybe uh, if you find someone in an upgrade. But I think he comes back. But I, I but between Don Brown and Jay Harbaugh, I would not uh, shed a tear. What do you say? I, I, uh, let's speak on Don Brown for a second. So Jim Harbaugh, he comes in his first year and he has, uh, was this his first year was, uh, DJ Durkin. Yeah. DJ Durkin. Okay. DJ takes the, he, he brings him over from Florida. 
Okay. He takes the Maryland job. Obviously allegations came with that. doesn't really matter. Um, he was without a defensive coordinator going into 2015, right? Because 2014 was his first year. Help me out. 2015. 2015 was his first year. So yes. going into 2016, okay, he makes a call. Okay, I don't know if you've ever heard this story. Makes a call to, to Bill Belichick. And he says, hey, Bill, I'm, I'm in the need of a defensive coordinator. Do you know anyone? And he, and he tells Jim Harbaugh, there is this guy over at Boston College, Don Brown. Yep. You should hire him. He goes, thanks, Bill. Hangs up the phone, makes a call to Don Brown. Don Brown obviously comes over at Michigan, and he's fantastic from day one. Okay? After that first year, though, his stats have gotten – the team defense, meaning stats, yep. have gotten worse and worse. So Boston College, he was number one in the nation. In yeah. Michigan, 2016, number one in the nation in total defense. And then every year after that, it's just gotten abysmal, including this year. And clearly there's tape on him. Clearly he doesn't adapt. Yeah. Uh, this is nothing against Don Brown. I don't know. Have you ever seen the Amazon special? All no. or nothing? Oh, I did watch that, yeah. Okay. There is uh, there is footage of Don Brown giving a pregame speech against Florida that week one game. Yeah. And I would run through a burning brick wall for he that. Is, he is a man on fire. I would run through a burning brick wall for that man. But – Unfortunately, it, we're being outcoached. Mm-hmm. And uh, if Jim Harbaugh wants to stay, and I want him to stay, I really do, Don Brown needs to be gone, and you need to get mm-hmm. something better. You know, somebody that's uh, somebody that can coach up his own defense because we can't just run man-to-man in college mm-hmm. football, and we have no shot when playing zone. It's, it's, it's shown every year when we have to shift it. We just don't, we don't stand a chance. We don't coach it. We don't play it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as offense goes, you know, um, I'm not opposed to keeping Gaddis. I, I think I don't want to be that guy that's like next man up, next man up, kick, you know, continuity, like you said. Yeah. But, you know, if he can't be our head football coach, man, I would love for Jim Harbaugh to pay a, you know, phone call to Joe Brady. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm just all over Joe Brady from what he's done. It's, it's proven success. I mean, yep. he has a great track record. Um, if Jed Fish can somehow come back and they can make that work, um, that'd be cool too. You know, maybe Harbaugh says, hey, come be my offensive coordinator and I'm only going to coach a couple more years, you know, because this, this program's a lot. I mean, it is. But I don't want Harbaugh to be fired. I know you don't either. But at the mm-hmm. same time, we, we need to be better. But it brings me to my, to my next point here. Uh, it's, and it's what's wrong with college football in my, in my, my humble opinion. This is the only sport, and I challenge anybody that's listening to this, I challenge you, I challenge anyone, to tell me differently. This is the only sport where there's, not a, there's no Cinderella stories. Okay, There can't be a Cinderella story. This is the only sport where you cannot lose a single game. This is the only sport where if you win and go undefeated, you're not promised anything. Right. It doesn't make sense. It mm-hmm. does not make sense. There is no other sport where you can potentially win 12 straight games, go undefeated, and be told, sorry. Right. There's not room for you. There, right. there isn't one. It doesn't right. exist. But college football apparently is. We're better than everybody. All because ESPN tells us we have the number one recruiting class. Or ESPN tells us that this team's better than this team. 
or because 13 guys can sit in a room and tell me that that team's better than that one based off the eye test. I don't know. I have a really hard time with it. I think for the most part, average Joes like me and you could tell you who the best four teams are. But at the end of the day, these games are played on gridiron, green grass, turf, whatever it is, but between the end zone and end zone, and anything can happen. And I'm not saying that I, I have the perfect solutions, but, I mean, I, I said this today. If Alabama and the SEC were to go undefeated, Clemson in the ACC goes undefeated, Ohio State in the Big Ten goes undefeated, Oklahoma in the Big 12 goes undefeated, and Oregon from the Pac-10 goes undefeated. Who gets left out, Dan? Well, we all know it's probably going to be the Pac-12. Why is that? Because no one uh, respects their conference as much as the others. And why is that? The talent pool is not as high. And why is that? Because we we go off recruiting rankings. You know what I mean? Like I know I know what the, I know your point. It's I know your broken. Point. And again, mm-hmm. that hasn't happened. So until it does, you're like Jeff. You're making shit up. But it's like, am I? Because as of right now, as it sits right now, there's a very good chance that we could be looking at like it's like four or five undefeated teams. Now, mind you, I'm not sitting here trying to make a case for Coastal Carolina, but at the same token, if you go to that eight. And I've preached it many times. Eight is the magic number. You get your five power five, okay, three at large. If that fifth power five team is not a sustainable team, like, for instance, let's say, I don't know, a great example, but for this this year, let's just for fighting purposes, the Big Ten, they're way down. Let's mm-hmm. say Ohio State even lost two games. You know, way down Big Ten, if you wanted to leave Ohio State out, okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But at the end of the day, I think there needs to be there needs to be an actual system because I promise you, as much as people assume that this wouldn't be the case, if you made an 18 playoff today, and I, I want you to really think about this, if Alabama was the number one seed and they have to play the number four seed, Ohio State, it's going to pop a rating. People are going to watch, right? Right, right. In your opinion, do you think that Alabama in a college football playoff in a one through eight, do you think Alabama versus Coastal Carolina would draw a rating? I think it would. I think so. I think it would. So, wh- so. why are we thinking that it won't? If right. it's undefeated Coastal Carolina or undefeated Cincinnati or whoever it is, especially coming off a, a win against BYU. Right. I mean, who was also undefeated. It's just sad that these teams have to literally call somebody up last minute and be like, hey, do you want to play each other? It's only going to benefit both of us. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't know. It's broken. College ball is broken. You know, if Coastal Carolina went undefeated in college basketball, they would they would be respected and be in a tournament. Now, mind yeah. you, I'm not saying that college football needs to go to 64 teams because I don't believe that everybody and their brothers should be in. But I, I do think that eight's probably the magic number. And you can argue at that point who the last three are, and I'm not going to complain if the ninth team doesn't get in. Right. I won't. But I can complain that the fifth team doesn't get in when they're undefeated. I can't argue that. I'm sorry. Why right. wouldn't I? Why wouldn't we sit here and argue that? There's a reason that we, that we went to four. And that's because there was plenty of times where there were multiple undefeated teams not even getting a considerate Boise State. Mm-hmm. You know, back when they upset Oklahoma. They're yep. not getting consideration. UCF just a couple years ago. Yep. It, 
it's truly broken. It, it college football is it, it's it's almost dead. Yeah, because now, we're allowing thirteen guys. Right. No, we're allowing thirteen guys make decisions. No, I hear you. I but like you know when you what 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 people are afraid of who make the ultimate decisions is they're like when you do pair those teams up, they're gonna get they, they think they're gonna get killed. But it's also the money. It's obviously we it, the money you know money flows, money talks. But uh, you know when you do give those teams a shot. They are hungry, and there is, you know, like that Boise State Fiesta Bowl game against Oklahoma. Uh, they can catch you off guard. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a magic number. And in, in our preview in the beginning of the uh, – back in August, rather, you know, I was – I said, like, I, I mean, if you go four – if you excuse me, if you go to six, then people are going to want eight. If you go to eight, then you're going to want, you know, 12. But I think eight is is probably the most logical – I think Jim Harbaugh said before that he wanted like he thought sixteen, but that's just too that's just way too many. I think I could be many. wrong. I I could be wrong. I thought he said like he wanted he'd be cool with sixteen, but and these are college athletes. I mean, these kids that are playing basketball had barely time for school. If you're doing a, a college football season that you you start a sixteen man tournament, uh, that's it, it's gonna be grueling on these kids. Um, and again, uh. It, we're we're getting some slippery slopes with uh with the postseason in college football and the landscape is uh is ever changing and uh, I don't know if you want to get into or touch on what we uh we heard about with uh, Kirk Herbstreet and his comments. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So Kirk Herbstreet, uh, if anyone has missed it, uh, I posted it to uh, the Real Talk Facebook page a couple days ago, uh, and he went on a brief uh, interview and he was saying that you know. You know, what is happening to our sport? And what he means by that is, is college basketball is kind of trickling into uh, college football. And that is, uh, when you think of March Madness, does anyone really watch the NIT unless your team is in it? No. Uh, When you watch March Madness, you're watching it because your team's in the tournament, you have a shot at winning something. And the way that it's trickling into college football is... These kids, if they're not in the playoff, uh, they're opting out for the NFL draft. They're, they're, uh, you know, it's respectful because they don't want to risk their injuries because it's happened before. We've seen it with Michigan and Jake Butt tearing his ACL twice. Um, You know, even if you're going to the Rose Bowl and the BCS or any of these BCS bowls, uh, these at you know these at large games, these guys are just they're not playing, and so. Where are we at right now? So if your team is not in the college football playoff, what's the point of playing the college? Uh, what's the point of playing the games? And, um, you know, in the grand scheme, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just another game, really, I guess you could say. And maybe it reminds me of some of these players. Um, and I, before I hand this off to you, uh, I like people to ask themselves, um, let's say Michigan, Ohio State, since we've been talking about them all, all night, well, let's say you one of the teams has a star running back, and then maybe a Heisman Trophy uh, dark horse, or someone you've you've talked about, or the media's talked about being a Heisman uh, finalist, or the Doak Walker winner, you know, top nation, you know, top nation back. And let's say he is poised for a top ten, top five pick in the NFL draft next season, and he sits out. Um, and you go into that bowl game. And uh, are you expecting 
a next man up scenario? Or are you giving a little leniency to the performance in that bowl game because you don't have your best player in the field? And do you, I mean, again, do you give a little leniency? So if Jim Harbaugh had a, uh, that running back that I'm talking about and, you know, they have a, a freshman taking this place because that's all they have in the depth chart and they lose that bowl game because the running game can't get going and they're one dimensional. I mean, do you really criticize Jim Harbaugh for not having uh, a W in that column? I feel like this is getting really weird now where, I mean, are bowl game records really meaningful if you're not uh, competing for the crown? I 100% agree. And I unfortunately, I don't know that it's fixable. Because at this point, I think a, a lot. Nick Saban publicly said that the college football playoff was the cause of this, but I don't think it is. I think it was a it was a trend that was set, and uh, you even see pro athletes doing it. You know, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. You know, he load management. You know, where he he sits out twenty ish games. He plays sixty two of of eighty two. You know, mm. um. And college football athletes see it as, okay, at this point, my contributions have been made. We fell short of our team goal. We're playing in a, in a bowl game that um, outside of three games, I mean, you got college football playoff game one, college football playoff game two in the Rose Bowl. And as you alluded to, there's been people that have sat out of the Rose Bowl. So it's like the granddaddy of them all, the freaking Rose Bowl, isn't prestige enough to get somebody to play. No gate bowl game is. You know, um, yeah, and I, I don't, I don't fault him for it. I really don't, because mm. it, it's just, it's a, at this point, it's, it's a, it's a, just another game, you mm. know. So if you can't benefit from it, why play? You know, right. and I, it sounds terrible. It, it makes it sound like you know, the millennials are talking there. You know, right. enough, you know, hish hosh with that. But um, I think, you know, Chase Winovich. Uh, he played hurt in his last bowl game. I think he had a shoulder injury or mm-hmm. he played hurt. And when asked, are you going to sit out? And he goes, I would never mm-hmm. take my last opportunity at Michigan and sit out. He wouldn't. And that's, that's a blue collar attitude. That's a, right. that's a, that's a, this is my last game. This is my last yep. opportunity. That's, I have too much respect for myself, my family, my teammates, my coaching staff. That's put everything into me and they need one more game from me. And I'm going to tell them no. Absolutely not. I won't do that. And some people have that mentality, you know, right. some people, unfortunately, I don't even, I'm not, I don't want to say unfortunately, I don't want to say that because some people just think there's too much at stake. Kron Higdon, you know, mm-hmm. if you watch that, if you watch that Amazon all or nothing, mm-hmm. th- there's a little piece in there that, you know, he has a young daughter mm-hmm. the whole time he was playing college football. He has a young daughter mm-hmm. and uh, Kron, you know, we're talking, million dollars or, or no money, you know? Right, right. Uh, you know, he ended up going undrafted, which I think he didn't expect. He's found himself on a roster since then. But regardless, you know, in that specific situation, he bailed on Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say bailed on him, but he chose family over football, you know, and I don't, I don't blame him. It is what it is. It's a meaningless game. Unless you're playing for the college football playoff, it's meaningless. So if you want to see more people play, you got to expand the playoffs. But at the yep. same token – expanding the playoffs might cause more injury. So it's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, there's a lot of things that tie together with this specific topic though, because like you alluded to, you know, we, we look at that 
that game where we're out without our leading rusher for the year. He rushed for like 1,500 yards, and we're without him in a bowl game. And we 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 chalked that loss up on Harbaugh. It's all Harbaugh's, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's like, is that fair? You know, um, you know, Ohio State is at an all-time high. We already said this, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michigan is at. I don't want to say an all-time low because I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. But they're they're questionably down, you know. Um, if you look at history, they're they're really right there. I mean, yeah. nine to ten nine to ten wins is really what they are. Uh, yeah. Anybody that thinks differently is uh, probably like me and living in a fantasy world. But can they be higher? Yes. Realistically, are they going to be? I don't think so. But it's like we hold every single win to like the highest standard. And that's what's wrong with college football. Is like you. Could you imagine? Seriously, I want you to think about this. <clears throat> so Harbaugh loses to Michigan State. That was an upset, right? We expected him to win. Yeah. What would happen if Bill Belichick lost to the winless Jets in a couple weeks when they play? Would they fire him? Would we call no, for his head? It, you know they why? Would call, they would not. Because he's you proven. Why? Harbaugh's not proven, at least a little bit? Well, I mean... Trophy case. Okay. No. Well, here, okay. So let me go back. How many people in the last ten years have a trophy in college football? I'm going to use three fingers, and I'll let you fill them up. Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Dabo, right. Jimbo Fisher. So four. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's the yeah. end of the list. Yeah, that is yeah. the end of the list. I, it's not easy to get added to that list. And Michigan's the only school, in my opinion. That's calling for the head of their head coach because they – do you think Kirby, uh, Kirk, Kirby Smart, right? That's his name, Georgia? Yeah. Do you think they're going to be calling for his head in two years? And he's at Georgia right now, right? Yeah. Now, mind you, a little bit different. He's played in a national championship game and a college football playoff twice. So, a little different scenario. So, let me back let me backpedal. Um, <laughs> Okay, James Franklin. Let's say he didn't have this bad of a year. Okay. Did he call for his head? If he didn't have this bad of a year? Yeah. But he's just another eight and three, eight and four. No, I I wouldn't no. because because he gave Penn State their probably one of their best years of their school history. And when it comes to Kirby Smart, Georgia Georgia's leash isn't short and it isn't long and the reason why i say that is because mark rick was there for a while and mark rick was again on the fringe for a long time couldn't get it done and so they moved on from him and i feel like with this win now win now attitude which again it's very competitive so it's respectable uh whether you agree with it or not if kirby's smart if he competes for the sec championship games I think he'll do enough, but I mean, again, they're still having a pretty respectable year this season. Um, so, I mean, I don't, it could be smart again, a couple more years, as long as he's competitive with Alabama and then the sec championship game, I don't see why, I don't see why not. But what if he never beats Bama? Cause he hasn't yet. If he has, I mean, let's say he goes two more years without beating Bama. Oh, and five. Let's say he goes oh and five against Bama. Oh, and five. I mean, there was going to be talk about it. I mean, there's not, there's not going to not be talk about it. Um, 
That's I mean, crazy to me. It's just crazy to me. I know, I know, but you know what? It's just the way the landscape's at, man. If uh, that zero and five, when you're staring at those numbers, I mean, when you look at Jim Harbaugh's stats, I mean, you're you're focused on that zero or that one. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, it is what it is. Yeah, I somebody, mean, you so, yeah. Somebody pointed something out to me the other day, and I've I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you are too, and a lot of people are. And ESPN's especially guilty of it because they're the ones that show us the graphic. But Ohio State or um, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, his record um, against being an underdog as an underdog, he's like Owen, yeah, twelve or something like that. Five of those are Ohio State, mm-hmm. so it's like you're kind of doubling back on it. You know what I mean? A little bit, yeah. You know when you show the rivalry games and you're like, well, he's three and nine. Again, five of those are Ohio State. You're just you're throwing that in every single category. He's 0-5 against Ohio State, and he's terrible record in rivalry games, but Ohio State's a rivalry, and they're 0-12 in, in games that they're an underdog. But, again, they're always an underdog to Ohio State, so that's five of them. And you're just using Ohio State to, in every graphic in order to pad your narrative. You know, If you take Ohio mm-hmm. State out of the equation, you completely take them out of the equation. That's why I, I mentioned that a couple weeks back is – Michigan lost their first game at home this year that wasn't against Ohio State or Michigan State. We've we've dominated that category. Yeah. This this year obviously it's it's, it's a down year. I mean, it sucks. It's but it's real. It is what it is. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else to, to say, but I don't I'm okay with whatever happens. If they if they resign Harbaugh, I'm all in. I'm all in right now. I I hope he stays. Yeah. Um, and only for the sense that I believe that he can change this program, but we also need to see a different hardball. We can't see the hardball that came out this year. We can't see blue khakis hardball because, dear Lord, that's bad. We can't see downy hardball because that's been bad. We need to see 2016 screaming at refs, getting flags. You know, I'll, I'll take the cheesy music videos if that's what it takes. I'll take the – God, I remember when me and you went to the spring game, I think it's second year. I want to say it was 2016. And there was like a rap concert going down on the field. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. Like and we're like, what the hell is this? But they, at the they, same time, they, it's they, swagger. Right. They announced the 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 incoming class. Rashawn Gary was a part of that class. They yes. announced like it was like it was a damn NBA All Star game. So yes. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, I mean, COVID aside, hopefully they can start doing that again. I think that reinvigorates the crowd a little bit. It gets the homers. You know, a little slap happy, which is cool. It pats them on, it gets them nice, furry, and warm inside. But um, the, the, in the grand scheme of things, it comes down to the the, uh, the boosters and the big dogs and the Michigan family. Are they going to be okay with it? Because obviously they said something and they told him to dial it back. They need to let him just free roam. They kind of needed to let uh, Jim Harbaugh be like, like Bill O'Brien, like Bill O'Brien is a freaking god awful uh, roster manager. Like his roster management is yeah. awful. Yeah, but he's a great coach. Yeah, or he's a good coach rather. I mean, whatever you want to call he's him, a, he's at least a good head coach. He's a good coach. He can coach and football. The only thing, again, the only thing about Bill O'Brien is he's a leapfrog. He goes to and from everywhere. But uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh just he needs it. He needs the key, the keys of the castle again. Hopefully that happens. If not. He's going to have to find a different uh, strategy because uh, we are going into a monumental 2021. Um, 
But again, we've talked about it before the gap with Ohio State's growing, and uh, you know, <laughs> it, and what he has to do is uh, is get revenge on Michigan State next year because you cannot let Michigan State uh, gain momentum, any momentum, yeah. and kill with, it. And with Michigan State's offensive woes this year, uh, they're going to be. I mean, this is going to be, I think, a key year for Michigan and Michigan State to yeah. Att- transfer portal jim harbaugh especially because he's got so much young faces all over the place on both sides of the ball especially in that secondary um other outside of brad hawkins and uh daxton hill oh hawkins will be gone so yeah you'll need it they need they need to grab every every crumb uh that uh players are looking to find new homes yeah you know we're, we're tied to to three top corners over the next two years that are in talks to come to Michigan next year where there's a four-star kid uh, 2021, there's a four and five-star kid that are known to be a tandem. They want to play together. Mm-hmm. We're, we're tied to those kids. Um, things could change in the secondary. You never know, but you know, I, I like to give Harbaugh his, his credit where credit due and, and we'll use this on a closing note, but um, if he ends up being gone, you know, if we, I don't know how many more pods we're going to do weekly and, you know, we'll still discuss that, but if, if Harbaugh ends up leaving, you know, his legacy at Michigan, I think to a lot of people would be like, he couldn't win, but, um, you put a lot of kids in the NFL. This goes under the radar, but the Jordan brand. Yeah. Bringing that on. Nobody talks about this, but not only was that huge for the Michigan football program, obviously, Michigan tradition and things like that, such nation. We're the first football program to to don the Jordan emblem, and we got it exclusive for a whole year. Um, but the basketball team, it's such a heavy recruiting mechanism. Mm-hmm. That Jordan brand on your freaking jersey, and who would have mm-hmm. knew? But right, it is. Right. It's huge. It's massive. It's monumental. And Harbaugh was the the catalyst for that. Getting on the phone with Michael Jordan, making that shit happen. That's dude. That's yeah. huge. It's yep. really huge. I mean, you can look it up today. The top, the top fitters, okay? Nike usually one, Jordan two, and like Under Armour's even in there. Adidas ain't, mm-hmm. and that's what we were. We were down in Adidas and Harbaugh. You know, his contract was up. Wanted something innovative, and he got us to land Jordan. And the basketball pre- program's reaping the benefits of that, obviously. Um, and I think the football program, for the most part, has too. There just needs to be some change, and I think the coaching staff's the biggest thing. And I think. You know, he's he's proven to have he's proven to have success in certain areas. You know, uh, Jake Rudock obviously was uh, a solid transfer. There's been others that haven't worked. You know, mm-hmm. um, we've had good offensive linemen. We've had good wide receivers. Hell, Donovan People Jones owning the t- the Titans this past weekend. Never had a really great stretch at Michigan, but he's in the NFL and he's owning. So it's like mm-hmm. we can get the guys. We just need to make them work on Saturday afternoon especially in late November against Ohio state. And as of right now, it's not working, but that's really all I got. <laughs> no, I, I'm right with you, buddy. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we went an hour talking about, uh, I mean, Michigan, Ohio state being canceled, but let's uh, real quickly, if you got another, uh, another second, as of right now, final four. It's it's uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, and then five, six, seven. It's Texas A&M, Florida, Iowa State. At eight, it's Cincinnati. 
Okay. Yeah. Everybody, everybody down. I'm not going to really worry about right now. As of right now, what do you what do you think happens? What do you think mixes up? I mean, get your popcorn ready. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Uh, interesting final few weeks here because I mean, obviously you have teams that played more games than others. Okay? Yeah, In this absolutely. Final, only played five games. You got Notre Dame playing ten, Clemson playing ten, Alabama playing nine. Uh, I when when you look at the top four, I think it's honestly pretty agreeable across the nation that that's what it is. You might have people, you know, flip flopping the Notre Dame Clemson a little bit. Um, but you keep Ohio State at four there right now. And the only team outside of the top four that could have an argument about being in the playoff is Florida. That's just my opinion. And only because, um, I mean, they're probably the most talented. They lost Texas A&M by three. But uh, they've got they've got great good wins. And I think they beat Georgia, uh, Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. They did. Uh, so Florida, I think, has got a resume that could be respected. Uh, so obviously it remains to be seen what happens here. But dude, that top four is pretty solid to me that you just named off. And yeah, uh, again, not playing Saturday is going to hurt Ohio State. And if it bounces them out, I don't. I, you know, Texas A&M. I, again, I right now they're getting the nod ahead of Florida because they beat them, but. It's a very tight knit race. Yeah, I think that uh, got a lot, a lot of ifs still to still to come. I don't think A and M can really do anything. They just need help. Um, Florida can beat Bama and get themselves potentially in the top four. Um, Clemson obviously losing to Notre Dame would be huge because I think they would drop out with their yeah. second loss and both of them to a playoff <laughs> team. You have to take Clemson out. You got your. Assuming that Trevor Lawrence plays there and he'll be healthy, which he yeah probably will. If you lose that game with your best player and one of the best players in the nation, there should be no reason why you should be in the top four anymore. Yeah, if you if you lose to a top four team twice, you're out. Period. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, which would move Ohio State up to three, and then there's a bidding war for four. And again, re- results of Florida, Alabama. You know, I don't know what what Cincinnati's chances are. They they were supposed to play Tulsa this weekend. That game's canceled, so they're kind of done. I would love for Cincinnati to call up Ohio State and get a game in, but it doesn't sound like that's possible. I don't what know. Hap- what happens if Bama loses? What do you think? Bama loses to Florida, right? Is that where you're yeah, playing? S- yeah, SEC championship game. Um, let me go a step further. Does Clemson lose to Notre Dame or not? I think they I think they get the revenge. I do too. So you're we're assuming they they win, right? Yep. So they I'm keeping both teams in, Notre Dame and Clemson. Notre Dame has looked fantastic this year. They deserve to be in unless they get trumped by yeah. by Clemson. If but for if some reason not, Clemson runs it on them, right. They're in, okay? Right. Um Ohio State better play the Big 10 title game. <laughs> they better play it. Because yep. otherwise, I have I'd have a hard time putting them in with five wins, and their best win is against Indiana. Yeah. Um, and mind you, everybody likes to say Indiana played them close. It was four scores going into the fourth quarter before Ohio State just started to just you know blow yeah. it up. They were yeah. dominating them. It wasn't close. Ohio State played their worst game of the year and beat them. It only ended up being by seven, I think. But. Yeah. They were up huge and they played terrible. So, again, 
it's their only it's their only good win of the year. They don't have anything on their resume. Uh, I think Florida would have a a better case. And I, I would leave Ohio State out. It's going to be like an M Night Shyamalan movie where that twist at the end of the end of the film. Yeah. Like, it's going to toss everything around. It's going to be hopefully everything plays out. There's no COVID complications with anything yeah. hampering these games. But I think I mean. Despite what you can take away from 2020, I think the playoff scenario is going to be one uh, that we'll remember forever because of just how the way it's shaking out. But yeah, I think my hope is that COVID brings us eight teams and I don't think it'll happen this year, but I do think as the result of what happens and and I'm praying for chaos because chaos, I believe brings change. Yeah. And Florida beating Bama and getting left out or Florida beating Bama and then Bama getting left out yeah. would create an eight team playoffs in my opinion. And at that point, Cincinnati would be able to, to squeak at a, a playoff spot or coastal Carolina who, I mean, coastal Carolina, say what you want. They have 10 wins on the year and they just beat BYU. Um, I don't think they're scared to play anybody. So do I do I think that they would beat an Ohio State or a Clemson or a Notre Dame or a Bama? I don't. I don't. No. And Vegas doesn't think they would either. No. And and you know the thing about Coastal Carolina too is they've been they've played damn near a whole schedule. Um, they've done what's been asked of them, which is fine. But when we're talking about those teams that can pull an upset in a in a big time bowl game like the the Boise States, uh, is. They just Coastal Carolina isn't. I don't think at that level. So I think they would get. I think they'd get. I think they'd get demolished. But then again, they were in that category, whether you like it or not. Of hey, look at me. You know, yeah. We're, we're, we'll play you anytime, anywhere. And uh, but speak real quick. Speaking about Coastal Carolina, I need that mullets versus Mormons T-shirt so bad. That was a- that crap went viral, dude. It just went viral. <laughs> Everybody was sharing it. Yeah, the, the thing about Coastal Carolina is that so they beat the University of, of Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Okay. Yeah. The Cajuns only have one loss on, on the year, I believe, and it's to Coastal Carolina. The Raging Cajuns beat Iowa State. Iowa State's ranked like seventh in the nation. Yeah. The, the Raging Cajuns beat them. So Ca- Coastal Carolina has beat a team that beat them, and they're still not ahead of them. And yeah. they're going to play them again in two weeks. So yeah. Coastal Carolina is going to end up being 12-0. and 0, And they've beaten one, two, three ranked teams. And Appalachian State's no gimme. They've been better over the last several years. Yeah. But the problem is, is they don't, there's no defense. They barely beat Kansas. They barely beat Cam, whoever the hell that is. Arkansas <laughs> State. All these teams scored on them. I mean... Georgia Southern's the only team they shut out. Everybody else scored a bunch. So it's like they just don't have the resume with the defense. You don't think Alabama could drop 50 on this team? You're crazy, you know? Yeah. That's the problem. I I mean, I I feel like if if Coast Carolina keeps doing what they're they're asked, I think that team is it would be a cool New Year's Day watch. Uh, I'm looking on right here on ESPN, and they've got – Bowl projection, bowl projections after week fourteen, and uh, I'm trying to look for Coastal Carolina right now. Uh, let's see here. I don't know if I, I haven't caught them yet, but it'd be cool to see them in, in a game in a in a game where they're facing off one of the Power Five to see how it goes. Yeah, which I don't see why they couldn't, why they shouldn't. 
Yeah, when you get to the you get to the New Year's Day bowl and you got Georgia versus Cincinnati. And it's like if you remember correctly, several years back, everybody was on the Colt. This has been a while. I shouldn't say several years back. This was like 2007. Colt Brennan from Hawaii yeah, yeah. Went, went up against like a two-loss Georgia team, and everybody was on Colt Brennan, me included. I'm a young kid, obviously. And uh, they destroyed Hawaii, like 50-something to seven. And it's like, would that be what the Cincinnati game is? Cincinnati's well-coached, but do they really have the talent? You know, at the end of the day, are you actually good enough to win a, a game? Right. What, uh, <laughs> speaking of Cincinnati, what was, all right, Brian Kelly yeah. uh, was at Cincinnati. Yes. He got those, I think he got those guys that played the Orange Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. And then before that game, he had bounced to Notre Dame. He never finished the season at Cincinnati. I, I believe you're right, yeah. Did Cincinnati play an Orange Bowl that year? Hmm, I don't know. I'm not sure. He, uh, I remember he didn't coach the game. Yeah, because he had already right. accepted the job, so they they booted him or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just I guess I don't remember who that last uh, that last team was. Oh, give me one second. Um, so he was so Brian Kelly. I don't mean to derail our momentum here. So he okay. So I take that back. So 2009 was his last season in Cincinnati. Yeah, they went 12 and 0, and they played in the Sugar Bowl. Yes. Um. And they played against Florida. Florida, Florida Gators and Urban Meyer, and Cincinnati got beat 51-24. Okay. So that was funny enough. And Brian Kelly wasn't changing the results of that game. That is Tim Tebow's last game as yes. a Florida Gator. And that was Urban Meyer's last game as a Gator because several yes. days before the game, he said he's going to take a leave of absence, and then the migraines and all that came into play, yeah. Yes. So they weren't beating that Florida Gator team that year, regardless. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Tim Tebow led Florida teams were as good as any. And they, I mean, they could have played for a national title every year. Even the team that we played his sophomore year, the year he won the Heisman and Michigan beat him. I mean, that was a good football team. Then they Mm -hmm. just were, they were starting to find themselves. So, all right. Well, I, uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. I don't either, man. I mean, we it was a it was a fun chat. We talked a little bit about Ohio State, and yeah, um, I know the I know the fans in the rivalry are a little up in arms today about you know Michigan ducking the Buckeyes, blah blah blah. But we all know that's malarkey. That's not true. Um, but ho- again, hopefully everyone's healthy, and uh, now that we don't really have any Michigan talk, uh, hopefully, um, you know, I'd be I'd be honored to come back on and and talk even some Buckeye stuff. Uh, or just Big Ten in general, because, again, we still have hopefully a conference championship game, and uh, we still got the postseason and just college football in general. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and we'll see what happens. Again, that college football playoff, man, those, those, the SC championship game is going to be monumental. Absolutely. I think that's huge. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're rooting for a, a little sister, you know, an A&M or a, or a Cincinnati or whoever it is, you need Bama to take care of business and you need Notre Dame to take care of business. And you probably need Ohio state to maybe get left out too. But uh, yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get together and we'll do some sort of other college football episode. You know, that Michigan season's done and you know, where our heartbroken tears will be, will be dried up by, uh, you know, six o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So good chat as always, where can we, uh, where can we find you on Twitter? 
Uh, if anyone would like to follow me, I'm at uh, uh, Maze Rage 86. Um, again, I've said before, I do a lot of trolling on, on Twitter, um, but I can also have a conversation. So, uh, I mean, if you, if you feel like it, it's not like I'm, I'm uh, you know, Colin Cowhorter and I have a huge following around. <laughs> like but uh, you know, I, I sign my piece. It's a good time on there, whatever. And, uh, you know, I was blocked by some more Buckeye fans a few days ago, whatever. So um, life's good. Yeah, uh, in that in that in that realm. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, if you guys uh, check out the the Twitter page for Real Talk too. It's at Real Talk Jeff One, at Real Talk Jeff One, and uh, you can follow my main page from in the link in the bio there too. So cool, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Uh, check out the YouTube channel if you haven't already. It'll be in the links. And uh, another good time. Thanks, Dan. See you next time. Go blue. Good night. Go blue.